0: Four things a man must learn to do if he would make his life more true, to think without confusion clearly, to love his fellow men sincerely, to act from honest motives purely, to trust in God and heaven securely. Hello coaches, this is Coach Kevin Furtado, I'm the head girls basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Welcome to episode 10 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, today uh, I I will be speaking on a great topic that I absolutely love. Uh, This is on an article called Exposing the Thief of Team and Individual Success by Ed Schilling. I actually had a great opportunity to go uh, listen and watch Coach Schilling at the uh, Hoosier Clinic uh, this past weekend. And uh, it was a great—first of all, it was— it was a great moment where we had a chance to um, get into the old Hoosier gym with a movie Hoosiers played at when they filmed it. Um, it was an old gym, had a great opportunity to meet some great people there. Um, it was just an epic facility that they have there. And a lot of it hasn't changed. This, the locker rooms, everything. So it was great fun for me uh, just as a basketball junkie to, to go there. But I had an opportunity to um, – Listen to Ed Schilling, and he um, really talked about a lot about the, the thief of a team and individual success. And I want you I'm gonna to read today a handout that he gave, which I absolutely love. One of my favorite things about basketball, playing and coaching, is the friendship and camaraderie that develop and strengthen throughout the course of a season. Memories from the really good teams that I've been a part of are not my points per game, assists, or minutes played. Those most meaningful memories are the brotherhood, the friendships, the good times in the locker room, and the joy of going to war together. Ask a professional athlete after he retires what he misses most, and he will probably tell you that he misses the relationships and putting on that uniform with his teammates and going to battle with those who has poured out blood, sweat, and tears. As great fun as athletics can be, the joy can be stolen and the unique opportunity to form the lifelong friendships can easily be missed when the vision shifts from the we to the me. The goal in sharing insights from over three decades of my playing, coaching, and parenting is to help max out the enjoyment, the recognition, the improvement, and the winning and avoid the thief of these of basketball delights. Enjoyment. If you want to be miserable, all you have to do is be selfish. Joyce Meyer. Happiness ends where selfishness begins. John Wooden. When playing high school basketball in living in Indiana, we had a team that had a blast together. We loved playing ball with each other, whether in the park in the summer or the gym during the season. We trusted each other and believed that we had each other's best in mind. As a result of our trust, we were one of the best teams in the state. Although I later became a starter on Division I Conference Championship and NCAA tourney teams, I probably never had more fun and enjoyment than I did with that high school team. Perhaps the foundation of the positive experience laid in the fact that neither the players nor the parents had selfish agendas. We wanted to win and we cared about each other. I learned a significant lesson from that team. If one wants to really enjoy the basketball experience, then value the other guys on the team. By the way, those parents had a great experience too. They didn't worry about the coaching, stats, newspaper articles, rankings or or awards. They positively supported and encouraged instead of complaining and manipulating the child's benefit. I have come to the conclusion after many years in basketball that an athlete cannot truly enjoy the basketball experience if the parents are negative at home. Players listen and absorb what the parents say and carry the emotion of home into the practicing games. If the parents are killing the other players or the coach, the player cannot help but to be impacted. The negative impact steals the joy from the game, ultimately hurting the team. When the atmosphere is positive and encouraging, those attitudes are reflected in the energy, enthusiasm, and effectiveness of the players. Recognition and Promotion As the tide rises, all the boats rise, John F. Kennedy A misconception that individual stats get players opportunities to play at the next level. The truth of the matter is that every team has a high score. Scoring a lot doesn't doesn't make or break a player's future opportunities. If a player can play, college coaches recognize it and NBA decision makers see it. Playing well and helping the team ultimately produces more recognition than getting big statistical numbers. In 1996... I was an assistant men's basketball coach at the University of Massachusetts. We were number one in the country for 10 straight weeks. Our star player, Marcus Camby didn't care about stats. He cared about winning. Some games he scored a lot. Other games he didn't. He didn't finish with gaudy numbers, yet he was the national player of the year. He made his teammates and his team better, and the country recognized it. During the course of the 1995-96 season, nearly every player on the team had a major article or news story done on, on them. Even the players who really got in the games got noticed for their work in preparing the starters to execute well in the games. There were many players in college basketball that scored more and averaged more minutes, yet it was Marcus Camby who received the John Wooden Player of the Year Award. Another example of team success in producing individual promotion was the University of Florida men's basketball team in 2006-2007. The team won that national championship. The highest per-game scoring average was 13.3. So none of them got a chance to play in the NBA, right? Wrong. All five starters were drafted and played in the NBA. And get this, the sixth man on that Florida team who averaged 6.2 points a game and only 18.4 minutes in a game also played in the NBA. Yes, as the tide rises all the boats rise. There are examples after examples of players getting attention and promotion because of team success. On the other hand, if the team doesn't win, chances are that college recruiters or NBA front office people will be skeptical of a player's ability. Of course, one cannot promise that when players and parents channel their energies into making the team the best it can be Regardless of the player's role, that everything will work out perfectly. However, one can just about guarantee that if players and parents focus on personal stats and selfish agendas, promotion and recognition will be thwarted. After decades in the basketball business, I cannot recall a single example of when a player got upset and concerned over numbers or minutes played were proved to be helpful to the player or the team. Preparation. If you stay ready, then you don't have to get ready, David Dawson. The rules of the game of basketball allow only five players on the court for each team at a time. Therefore, a majority of the team will be on the bench during the game. The players who don't get into play in the game or don't get a lot of minutes in the games are still almost always required to be at every practice and are expected to give their best effort at practice. This is a challenging part of basketball. The attitude and effort given by that bench player in practice will significantly impact the team's success. Further, the attitude and effort will significantly impact the bench player's potential to do well, if and when he gets an opportunity in the game. I spoke previously at the 1996 Marcus Camby-led UMass team. That team got to the coveted Final Four in the NCAA tournament. UMass played a talented, loaded University of Kentucky team in the Final Four. In the game, U.K. got off to a great start, and UMass couldn't get going and struggled most of the game. Midway through the second half, Coach Calipari looked down the bench and called Gidel Pesilla to go into the game. Now, Gidel's younger brother, Edgar Padilla, was a starting point guard. But Goodell, who was a senior, really played. In fact, as he was checking into the game, the announcer said, Goodell Padilla to enter the game, let's check his stats. Goodell Padilla has no real stats. What people outside the program didn't know was that Goodell challenged and competed every single day of practice and tried to beat the starting guards every minute of every practice, yet really did he get any time in the games. In practice, he often outplayed the starters. When Goodell got into the game, he made an immediate and positive impact. He stole the ball, took it for a layup, then deflected a pass, then an assist. All of a sudden, UMass got some momentum and the crowd of over 20,000 started roaring. UMass was back in the game. Goodell Padilla played well and actually played more in the second half of the Final Four game than he did in the entire season. How could he play so well on such a, a big stage? The reason he played so well was because he competed well against the starting backcourt, which was one of the best in Division I that season, every day in practice. He could have been upset that his younger brother was a starter, that that he deserved to play at least some minutes, but he wasn't. He found enjoyment in the team's success, and he stayed ready to play in the game by working every day in practice. Well, UMass lost that close and highly competitive game to UK, who became the national champions two days later. But Goodell Padilla's performance did not go unnoticed. Shortly after the season, he was offered and accepted a lucrative contract to play professionally in his native country of Puerto Rico, where the game had been televised. He became somewhat of a celebrity in Puerto Rico because of one game. One game that happened because he stayed ready, even though his chance of actually getting into the game was doubtful at best. By working to make those guards playing ahead of Goodell better, Goodell got better himself. His unselfishness and consistent effort put him in a position to have an experience that positively impacted the rest of his life. Unfortunately, I have seen the opposite happen so often when bench players lost their drive to practice with passion. Then when their opportunity does come in the game, they perform poorly. Further, staying focused and passionate on the bench during games is important. If Goodell hadn't been stretched out on the bench, not paying attention and had a sour look on his face because he wasn't getting any playing time, it is unlikely that Coach Calipari would have put him in. Goodell's effort in practice for six months could have been thwarted by six seconds of bad nonverbal on the bench when Coach Cal looked his way. Crossroads, two roads diverge in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference, Robert Frost. In every player's career, he will often come face-to-face with the temptation to turn his focus toward himself and away from the team. What direction the player chooses at that crossroad will impact his future success, the team's success, and also the quality of the player's experience. The decision to turn selfish can be prompted by a well-meaning family member, a peer looking to encourage or even a sports agent trying to help make his client appear more marketable. Subtle comments like, you ought to be playing more minutes. You were open a lot and didn't get the ball. You need to score more. Don't understand why so and so shoots so much. You are being played out of position. You need to show the scouts your shooting range, etc., etc., can be the little spark that sets the forest of selfishness ablaze for the unsuspecting athlete. The disease of me can affect the leading scorer, the point guard, the six man, or the player at the end of the bench. This can also impact a coaching staff member as well. An assistant coach who thinks his ideas need to be used more readily by the head coach can fall victim to the sickness of selfishness, which could potentially weaken the team. (laughs) Cancer. One of the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Definitions for Cancer something evil or malignant that spreads destructively when a team members and our coaches comes to the crossroad of moving his thoughts, which eventually will become actions from what is best for the team to what is best personally that negativity spreads on the basketball team and is detrimental for us it must be dealt with like a cancer cancer treatment is often immediate aggressive and fierce to rid the body of cancer may require painful surgery or chemotherapy that uses strong chemical agents to kill the cancer cells. Perhaps you have heard of a player being referred to as a cancer on the team. A bad attitude acts like a cancer to the body of a team. One player with a bad attitude has the potential of soon becoming two. Misery does love company. In the game of basketball, not everybody gets 32 minutes and 32 shots in a high school or 40 minutes and 40 shots a game in college or 48 minutes and 48 shot attempts in the NBA. The potential to be sucked into unhappiness is available to all who play. The strong chemical agent on a team is the head coach and is often he who must recognize and diagnose the most appropriate treatment to rid the team of the cancer. However, the assistant coaches can be significant in helping cure the selfishness if it is caught on time. In many situations, a fellow teammate can see the sickness brewing and can try to save the player before it becomes too contagious. Tornado watch versus tornado warning. A tornado watch is just to let the folks know to be on the lookout for a possible tornado as conditions are favorable for one to occur in the area whereas a tornado warning is a notification that a tornado has been seen in the area. The key for a team is to understand that conditions are always right for a self-serving tornado to wreak havoc on the team and be alert. And if a selfish and a bad attitude has been cited, then urgent measures must be taken to protect the team from potential impending disaster. Protect what matters most. Gentlemen, we will be successful this year if you can focus on three things, and three things only. Your family, your religion, and the Green Bay Packers. Vince Lombardi. If you are like me, you have probably lost your cell phone or had your phone or computer crash at some point in your life with all your important stuff on it. My latest broken phone caused me to lose many important numbers. In fact, one day I had the brilliant idea to put all my usernames and passcodes and also frequent flyer and hotel numbers in my smartphone. This was a long, tedious process, but one that seemed wise for it and would keep me from carrying so many cards in my wallet and save me time trying to remember what username went and what passcode. This great idea worked well until the phone crashed. This was a while back. The iCloud hadn't been perfected yet, and I hadn't backed all my stuff onto my computer. So all the tedious work of entering my passcodes, usernames, and along with so many key numbers, etc., 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 were lost into the abyss. In hindsight, significantly more measures should have been taken to protect my information and my phone. As much time as I was invested in putting things like those frequent flyer numbers into my phone, Players invest far more time into their basketball abilities. Players put it in at least the required two hours plus per day of practice in season and additionally work out in the weight room and on the practice court countless hours on their own away from the team. The time investment into a season is almost impossible to calculate. Way more unfortunate than a crashed computer or a lost phone is a season corrupted by selfishness and negative attitudes. I have been able to recover almost all of my lost numbers from my broken phone. However, the good times, the lifelong relationships and exhilarating victories that are prevented by a team infected with a horrible cancer of selfishness are worse than loss that they never happen when selfishness evades a team. A final warning. The wise coach, athlete and parent, will be constantly aware of the dangers of the insidious disease of selfishness. The thief who has the potential to steal kill and destroy the unsuspecting athlete and team alertness and protective actions facilitate the highly positive desirable byproducts of being part of a team incredible enjoyment recognition lifelong friendships and victories written by ed Schilling. i hope you enjoyed this article i know i got a lot out of it and something that we will share with our teams here at Lake Oconee Academy. I think it's very important for coaches to really work on teaching kids the uh, core values of their program and particularly how to be unselfish within a team. Um, Our sponsor, is Dr. Dish Basketball is an accelerating player performance with the most innovative game scenario training solution available, allowing coaches and players to build their legacies faster than ever before. By providing the most usable and advanced shooting machine, integrated training management system, and a vast library of complete workouts and drills, Dr. Dish Basketball has become the preferred source for basketball training with progressive coaches and players. And our Championship Vision website. I'd like to thank championshipvision.org for supporting our podcast. If you want to improve your game as a coach, you can find the great resources at www.championshipvision.org. Thank you, and I hope, you coaches, you have a great day and you get something out of um, this article. Thank you so much. you like an answer to our prayers. You know, I'm, wait a minute. I'm not an answer to your prayers. I'm not a savior or a Jesus Christ, Martin Luther King, or the Easter Bunny. I'm a football coach, that's all. Just a football coach. (laughs) You are a coach.